Welcome to another episode of Geisler's Guidelines, the blog turn podcast. I am your host, as always, Jordan Geisler, and welcome to the series finale. This is the final episode of Geisler's Guidelines. Thank you for sticking around and making it to the very end, unless you're some schmo who only came around for this episode. And if you are, I highly encourage you to go and listen to the other episodes so that you're no longer a schmo. Uh, But here today, uh, via Zoom, because, you know, Rona stepping on all of our plans, uh, is someone who is most definitely not a schmo. Uh, She is uh, a very good friend and relative of mine. Her name is Susan Silva. Uh, Susan, thank you so much for coming on the show. Would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? Sure. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, My name is Susan Silva. I currently live in Northern Virginia. I have a wonderful husband and two sons, and I'm an art educator. I've been an art teacher for longer than uh, Jordan's been alive. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. And yes, it's true. Um, And so that is a very, like, that is um, probably the most strong part of my identity. You know, Mm -hmm. I can't separate myself from the art life. Jordan is my cousin's son, mm-hmm. but in your adult life, we've become really good friends. And so yes. I'm super excited to be making an appearance on the podcast. Absolutely. And I wanted to have your episode be the series finale because about <laughs> a year ago, when I was contemplating doing a podcast, you were the first person. I asked about it to get your insight and you encouraged me to pursue it. So I thought it would only be fair to close it out with you on the podcast. Uh, So thank you very much for pushing me to do this. It meant a lot to me at the time and it still means a lot to me now. Um, So I know we will have a wonderful episode ahead of us. But before we get into the topic, we have another segment of Bowl of Scenarios. And since Susan, unfortunately, is not in studio, I selected the scenario myself, and it's a very simple one. Okay. You're given control of music while driving with your friends. What is your go-to, and what do you avoid? <laughs> um, presumably, we're in a city driving where we have good connection. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that I would look for um, the most delightful 70s channel where ABBA reigns. (laughs) I support, I support. (laughs) Anything that I could sing along to. And the 70s was it, man. (laughs) Mm. And what would you avoid? What would be like something you can't like go through this? Oh, you know what? Um, Really like rage rock, like heavy metal. Like it really, um, like I have a visceral reaction to that. Like there are some days where like, maybe if I'm running or I'm working out, yes. But if I'm just like cruising, trying to get from point A to point B, especially if I'm on a long road trip, I don't, I don't really need that much energy pulsing through my veins. Yeah. Um, so I, I probably avoid that, but, but in all, um, in, in all honesty, I, love to put on an audiobook and listen to like, a really good biography or just listen to a really good story when I'm driving long distances. And so um, music, I have a very, intri- I have a, I, I don't have such a tight relationship with music. And, and that's actually frustrating to Rich and the boys because they like love music, but I would almost listen to a book before I would listen to a song. Mm-hmm. What's the last you? book you listened to? Um, the last book I listened to, well, I'm in the middle of, um, I'm in the middle of 39th Street Women about, um, you know, the abstract expressionist female painters in the 40s. Oh, it is so good. Sounds interesting. Uh, it's, it's really, I mean, it is, it's great, but it's a very, I mean, it's a lot. And so I listen to it a little bit and step away from it. Um, but when I, um, I guess the one that I most recently finished was um dracula when oh. louis and I, right louis and i went to west virginia for a college mm-hmm. visit and we drove to morgantown and we were trying to figure out like what can we both listen to and he was like well i have to read dracula for school and i was like oh my gosh so then that led to as soon as we finished it we tried to watch like every dracula movie mm-hmm. that they've made yeah um to just compare and contrast 
So um, I'm not really, I'm not really finicky. Um, I would say the best book that I've listened to on Audible in recent years that I would suggest, especially to you as a, as a, as a new graduate embarking <laughs> on, on the adult life. Yeah. Uh, Shonda Rhimes, Year of Yes. Okay. You know, she's the writer of Grey's Anatomy mm -hmm. and Scandal. How to Get this, Away with Murder. Yes, she is such a badass. <laughs> and she is, I mean, talk about power. Dude, mm -hmm. she is everything. And her book is just a no-nonsense um, look at a conversation. It grew out of a conversation she had with her sister. And her sister was like, you say no to everything. And it really got in her crawl, right? And so that following year, she made a promise to herself that she would not say no to anything. And oh man, the doors that it opened and the trouble it got her into, but it is a very candid look at her life and risk. Dude, I highly recommend it. And she reads it, so it's even better. Oh, that's cool that she's reading it herself. You know what I mean? Because like the, the intonation is real and like the passion is real. And it's, I, I strongly recommend it. Yeah, I'll check it out. That sounds good. Yeah. What about you? Well, what about your music? So what I would listen to, I think the best way I could say what I would choose to listen to is to say what I wouldn't listen to because I have very oh. strong aversions to country, rap, pop, and I'm trying to think of any other genre. Oh, like EDM, like electronic. I hate all of that. Um, not to be like, oh, like super hipster alternative, like indie. Um, but that is pretty much the genre I listen to. Um, you and I both know I'm a big Florence and the Machine fan. Yeah, I was going to say, you know Florence and the Machine. <laughs> she is my go-to because she's uh, the all-time. Um, I'm trying to think of who I've been listening to lately. Actually, despite the fact that I said I hate rap, lately I've been listening to Post Malone and SZA, and I really like some of their stuff. Okay. Um, so I think I would go for them, but really, if I could only choose one thing that I really have to avoid, it would definitely be country music because I just can't take it anymore. Um, is that because you would... live in Kentucky and it's everywhere? Yeah, basically, like when we first moved here, uh, we listened to it almost nonstop all the time, and because of that, like, such a like forceful immersion into country music, um, as a very young person, I can no longer handle it anymore because it all sounds the same. Oh, that's uh, hilarious. Poor Willie Nelson. You're missing out, man. I have a Willie Nelson song, Buddy, is <laughs> on my Spotify, so that there's one. Uh, okay. But just you get for that. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so final segment of Bowl of Scenarios is over. So we are getting into a conversation topic that I think will be really interesting. We're talking about power. Uh, so our very first question, do you consider yourself powerful? That's interesting. It, it really depends on what, what context, you know, um, it's so I, I recently switched jobs, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not in the classroom anymore. I am an art resource teacher for the district and I work directly with teachers so that um, their instruction and their relationships with their students are stronger and I try to really help facilitate that. And so stepping into that role, it's so interesting how I'm still me, right? I just moved geography, but my coworkers that you know, I have loved long time and worked with for, you know, a decade. Suddenly there was this weird shift. Have you ever walked into a room and people stopped talking? So like I went to one of our, I went to one of our collaborative team meetings and um, it was the photo collaborative team meeting and I walked in and everybody stopped talking. Ooh. I know. And I was like, I was like, hey guys, what, what's going on? Why is everybody so quiet? And one of the more cynical um, members of the committee was like, dude, you're on the other side now. And I was you're like- You're higher up oh, now. No, right, but, but see, that's the thing. That's the thing, Jordan, I'm not. Like, I really, like when it comes to power, I can, um, I have the power. Like, I can't, I can't fire you. I can't write you up. I can't. Um, I can't give you a raise as much as I want to. 
Um, mm -hmm. I am seriously like the sideline cheerleader in this role, but mm -hmm. the perception just because I'm in an office and I'm no longer in a classroom that I was so like really surprised yeah. at the way that felt because I didn't see myself differently until somebody else saw me differently. I don't, yeah. I, I don't know how to explain it. It's crazy. Like socially um, you assumed you were in the same position as before but socially right. for them it was a whole other dynamic right well and like even is my going to a happy hour i went to a happy hour and they're like oh what what are you doing here i was like <laughs> i was like well she invited me and they're like <laughs> i need a drink too <laughs> know, right and, and so that you know so that's it's really it's a funny thing and and i feel like you asked me if i if I feel like I have, was the question that I feel like I have power? Restate the do you question. consider yourself powerful? Right. Do I consider my, well, you know what? It doesn't matter what I think because people are projecting that on me. What an interesting way to think about it. Like not even considering yourself in the equation, but just seeing it through other people's eyes. Well, I'm just feeling it that way. Yeah. Because I, I would love to sit here and say to you, yes, man, I took that job and I've had the power to like bring the community together and, and lighten morale and like really help with the workload and, and just kind of brighten things up, um, work on lines of communication. Like I have this whole laundry list of things that are my goals. Mm -hmm. and, and, and there's a certain power in knowing that you have those goals and you want to change, you know, shift shift the the energy but like if people are looking at you and projecting something else on you it's really it's been very interesting because i i don't know that i i don't know if i have any power but i feel like when i walk into a room people think i have power so they are very careful or they'll call me and say i need this you can make this happen and i'm like huh can i though uh oh <laughs> Oh, maybe I can. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Like it's a, it's a slip. It's a tricky question. I like thinking about it. And I've actually been thinking about it a lot this year, just in this role. Cause like, even mm -hmm. I walk into classrooms to observe um, teachers with their students and really it's not to observe, like that's not even the right word. Like I just do classroom visits mm -hmm. because they're doing something really cool. They want me to come see it or um, maybe it's a younger teacher and they need help with the dark room strategies and they want me to show them like how the enlarger works or whatever. Um, but when I get there, many times they'll introduce me as their supervisor. Who told them that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't tell them that. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's interesting because then these students look at me and they're like, oh, but I'm no different than that teacher. So it is, it's, I don't know. I don't know. What an interesting like situation to find yourself in where you don't, cause you don't see yourself as like having changed, but everyone else sees the new job completely changes it for you. Isn't that funny? That's and like, crazy. just, okay. My pay didn't even change. <laughs> then you know, then <laughs> everything is the same. <laughs> It was lateral. Like I told you, it was geography. I don't know. Oh anyway. So for myself, I think really before coronavirus hit, I considered myself to be powerful of my own circumstances. So the way I think of it is I can be powerful in what I do and what I say, what I don't do, what I don't say, but I'm completely powerless over other people. Um, and so with everything being shut down and everyone being in quarantine and well, not everyone because some people don't want to, and they decide to take that into their own hands. Um, well, and essential workers, there are people that yeah, you know, they have no choice. Yeah. Essential workers who have to be there, but um, people along the lines who think along the lines of they just don't want to, so they don't um, or who kind of just just, go and protest and you know they can practice freedom of speech that's their right um it would just be nice if they would do it social distancing you know <laughs> strategy and do it six feet apart from other protesters but you know it's not the case um but i think definitely during this time i've realized just how little power i actually have with so many things in my life being paused or canceled or just halted temporarily 
I've had just a bit of a reality check thinking how much power do I really have in my own circumstances? How much power do I really wield as just one person? So I would like to think so. I mean, like in my decisions and the things that I choose to do and not do, things I choose to say and not say, I would say I'm powerful because I'm the person moving my lips. Really, any extenuating circumstances, um, I would say, no, I'm really not that powerful of a person, even though I do wish I was. It's not the case. Who are people in your life you would consider powerful? My mother. (laughs) And I know your mother, and I agree with you on that position. (laughs) Um, And why why do you think so? Um, She, I mean... I don't know. That's a loaded, that's a loaded question. (laughs) No, I mean, just because she's, I mean, she's a force, right? Mm -hmm. She's, she is our, she's our matriarch and she's amazing. I mean, she still, you know, speaking of in through like pandemic terms, I mean, here she is, she's, you know, she's older. She's in that, she's in that very high risk group, but man, Mm -hmm. she gets up every morning. She walks four miles. She cleans up her neighborhood. I mean, she always has a mission and she would never hesitate to um, help anyone. She freely speaks her mind. She, you know, she's just, she's everything that, um, I think a powerful person, a powerful woman should be, mm-hmm. you know, she's fierce. So, and, and it's funny because still, I mean, look, I am almost 50 and her look can bring me to my knees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and her opinion is like the most important opinion. And so it's interesting. Um, I always say to my students when they're making work, because I encourage them to be who they are and just make the work. But I ask them before they share the work publicly that they just need to consider, would they share it with their mother? Because sometimes the work is very provocative and they need to understand that if that's how they want to be, that's fine. But how would they explain it to their mother? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it because that's always in the back of my mind. I still to this day, I my mom has this huge power where like I'll think, oh my god, what will my mother think? <laughs> what is Sylvia gonna say when she hears this? Yeah, like I mean, it's true. And so she has she has a remarkable um, amount of power over me. And then just and that's I mean that's very positive, right? That's almost mm-hmm. like in some ways she's like my my conscious. But then, you know, I almost think the other forces that have power over me are the negative forces. Yeah. And then the thing, the people that like quit, that say the nasty thing, like, why do I let them have that power? Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. It, that is frustrating for me because I... I guess I'm my biggest critic and I, when people say things that are negative or derogatory or even, even like just maybe super critical, like that sticks with me and it frustrates me that I give that the power. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cause it's a, an unconscious decision to give like the critics that power over you. Like it's not something you intentionally <laughs> do. It, it kind of just happens. <laughs> right. It goes. It's true. It's true. What about you? Um, so <laughs> a little bit along the same lines of you, I do think of my parents as powerful and that kind of just goes back to being a younger kid. They were like the superheroes. They could do anything that they wanted to. And um, even <clears throat> like the stupidest thing of like, oh, why do you get extra ice cream? Because I'm the adult and like I have the power and you know, now I'm like 21 and I go to Dollar General to get like a can of whipped cream and do it all in one use because I'm just powerful now because I have a driver's license and a wallet. Um, oh, that's funny. That's even though awesome. it's not healthy. Um, and then I think of, even though it's, it sh- I wish it wasn't always the case, I think 
politicians are powerful because they're the ones who put things into order in the world. Oh, see, I wasn't even going to go there with politics. I'm not going to go into specifics. I'm just going to say politicians in general have power. You know, I wish it wasn't always so. Um, That's just the way democracy works, and it works like that way for a reason. Yeah. Um, But new question. When was the time you were powerless? So many to choose from. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Probably when we first moved here. Mm -hmm. So what, that's been, gosh, it's been 12 years. I was looking for a teaching job. Mm -hmm. and I don't, um, I'm not real familiar with, with, you know, where you live, but here in Northern Virginia, in the area that we relocated to, um, you know, if you haven't lived here your whole life and you're not a known entity, um, that nobody gives you the time of day. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it was really hard because I had come from, you know, I lived in Las Vegas. I'd been there for 13 years. I was connected. Um, not only was I connected, but the beauty of Las Vegas, it's a very transient, um, area. And so nobody, there's very few people that are from Las Vegas. And so everyone seems to be very open and friendly and welcoming in a way that when you move to a place that's very established and people live here, their grandchildren live here. I mean, everywhere you go, there's family. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really hard and I felt, I felt like my hands were tied. Um, and it was really, it was really hard cause I, um, I couldn't like, I couldn't move the barometer to like get myself to where I wanted to be. And yeah. I don't, but I don't know if that's powerless or if that's just, yeah, I don't know. Um, but that, I would say that that's probably a time where I felt like really, it was like a control thing more. Maybe I had no, I had no control over my destiny mm-hmm. and that was very hard. Um, but I will say that it served me well now because I can, I know, I remember so clearly how that felt that I don't want people that I meet here. I don't want the new teachers to our, you know, to our teaching hive, I don't want people to feel that way. Yeah. And so I can go out of my way to kind of be a little more welcoming where people, you know, that are a little stuck in their ways, maybe mm-hmm. still will still be stuck in their ways. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. What about you? So back in eighth grade, um, I was on our middle school tennis team And I was asked to come on and do the high school tennis team in the spring because the middle school had tennis in the fall and then the high school had tennis in the spring. Uh, And they were short a couple of players. So they asked me and a couple of the other eighth graders to come on to the high school team and do um, junior varsity for a couple matches. And so I said, sure. And uh, they had conditioning um, in high school tennis they would do conditioning um Uh and i had never done that before um i'd never at the time i was not really into exercising i did not know that was a thing people should do and so there's um i can't think of what it's really called but i guess it's like a weight house um kind of maybe like a five minute walk from the high school where like a lot of the football players a lot of the basketball players go and they do exercises in the mornings or in the evenings. And so our coach reserved it for us so that we could go and do conditioning there. And um, that day in particular, I was the only one of the eighth graders that had showed up for it. And Uh I remembered just looking at everyone else and seeing how much bigger, especially the guys, how much stronger they were and how weak I was in comparison And just walking into the weight room, I remember thinking, there's nothing in here I can do because I'm not strong enough to do any of it without looking so weak and feeble in comparison. And I just remember like counting the minutes before it would be over and my mom would be there to pick me up. Um, And I just would like stand kind of in the corner and watch and I couldn't even like help um spot anybody because 
you know, I can't lift anything. So if they, if they can't lift it, I can't lift it. Um, so like, I couldn't do that. I remember doing jump rope like a little bit because that's something that doesn't require weights is jump roping. Um, but I just felt so powerless because I was like, so not in my element. I was like the black sheep of the whole group, just being younger than everyone being smaller than everyone. I felt like uh, it was just the worst feeling in the world. I, I felt so out of it. Um, were the other athletes friendly at all? They were very nice. They were not as like menacing as I perceived them to be. But in that moment, I was interpreting everything as like condescending or just like judgmental on their part, even though it wasn't. They were being very nice to me, but I was just being so self-conscious about myself that I was just very negative about the whole experience. But the good thing that came out of that is I pushed myself to exercise and I pushed myself to be serious about conditioning uh, with the team and by actually trying to do stuff and actually trying to not necessarily reach their level, but just rise above the level that I was at at the time. Um, so it was, a, it was sort of motivating in a back twisted kind of way. <laughs> exactly. It was a little bit of a motivator. So good things came out of it, but it was an absolutely awful experience. But maybe that kind of translates to some other powerless experiences, because for you, it was also a motivator for you to like get up and become, you know, like establish yourself in the community since you were new to the area and here you are and now you're so high up with all the school districts and you're the supervisor. No, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I won't I won't spread the word. I won't spread the word. No, I mean I have a boss. He is the su he is the supervisor. I am his bitch. <laughs> oh my gosh, Susan. Uh, if you could be exceptionally powerful mentally, physically, socially, or financially. Which would you choose and why? I guess it would probably fall under the category of socially. Read them again. Financially, socially, mentally. And physically. And physically. I mean, I think that uh, the power of persuasion is definitely a thing. And just like you were talking about, so influence is, influence is mental. Yeah. And I, I just think that we have to use our capacity for good, mm -hmm. um, for change. And I think that there's power in that. But I mean, I don't know if socially is the right answer because I would, you know, I would, I would, sh I'd give my money to help anybody. I would, mm -hmm. you know, if I had to physically go pick someone up, I would. So yeah. like, it's sort of all the things, but I just think that, um, I think that especially being a lifelong educator, Mm -hmm. Whether or not I realized it when I stepped into this life, you instantly become a role model. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I have loved about my job more than anything is watching people become who they're going to be. Mm -hmm. And if they come to me with questions or worries or, I mean, you know, the art room, it's therapy, you know, mm -hmm. like it's, yeah. it's one of those places. Yeah. Um, and, and not to, and there's a power in that, that I, I mean, I realize the influence that I have over these, these people and really what I want to just be for them is a sounding board. And I want to echo back to them what they're saying to me. So they hear it, they can process it and they can make their own decisions and go with it. Mm -hmm. And so, because, because, you know, it's scary when you're that age. Yeah. Um, and I you mean, put something out into the world for judgment. Right? Yeah. Well, and you're figuring out who you're going to be. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and some of the things are, you know, some of the things that kids are deciding to do are, you know, maybe not <clears throat> on the level. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, you have to, you have to, you, you have to wield that influence and that power gently and carefully. And you, you cannot judge it because the minute you judge it, you close that door, they're not going to come back. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and I've heard a lot of things and I mean, not everything I agree with, but you just have to keep echoing it back to them. And, and yeah. so I, is that social or is that mental? I would say that's kind of a social because okay. I, I kind of go along the same lines. I think 
social capital as its own kind of currency. Like in some 100%. ways it's, yeah, in some ways it's more valuable than actual money. Um, especially like in like modern time, like you could be able to like uh, get a job based off of a network of connections you have versus just how much money you may have and what kind of status that may give you. Um, just knowing people and having people know you is just can be so beneficial. It can be very dangerous at the same time. Um, thinking of things such as the mob, the mafia, politics, all of those areas, um, all varying in levels of danger, um, some more than others. Uh, you know, Your story. Ha having social capital can be so, so valuable for people. And especially like, for me, I think of like, when I talked about popularity a couple episodes back, uh -huh. um, like I did not, I was not socially powerful in high school. And to me, that was a miserable experience. And it would be interesting to go and do it over again and be in a reversed role and see how different it is and see if it really would have changed things as much as I think they might have, or maybe they don't change things at all. But I think just social capital, knowing people, um, having influence over people could be just so beneficial, especially if you're doing it for the right reasons, like you said, and using it out of good intentions and not bad intentions, because that's when things go kind of haywire. But moving on, do you feel that you take the power in group settings? Um, it depends on what the group is. I, I, yes, I mean, I am a little type A. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. And so, yeah, I have a, I mean, I'm a teacher. Hello. Yeah. I can control a room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it depends on, you know, reading the room and, and who's in the room and, and who, you know, are you the host? Are you a participant? Is, and is, are you in a situation? Oh my gosh. So, so when Louis was in Boy Scouts, mm -hmm. those dads did not know how to like, set a routine where those kids mm -hmm. could like function. It was like, it was chaos. Oh my God, it was madness. Yes. And so they had to get their, what patch was it? They were working towards a badge and it was, okay, it was the art badge, I think, or <laughs> ceramic, yeah. I don't know. So, okay, nose game, I lost. <laughs> um, and so I had prepped all of this. Um, they were gonna, they were gonna, you know, stamp bowls and glaze them and i mean I had this whole plan and it's a situation like dude when you were all in there and you've got like 13 little boys you've got to have a bowl for every kid you've got to have enough stamps i mean it's like it's a situation getting all those materials in there and then just watching the dads in charge they could not like calm anyone and so finally i was like one two three eyes on me kids let's roll and they were like okay. at attention yeah. And it was interesting because I felt like in that moment, I should not have taken control. Um, I should have let the dads do their thing and then I should have stepped in. But the madness and the chaos was just, I mean, it was too much for me. I couldn't take yeah. it. But like in social settings and at parties and stuff, I actually kind of enjoy watching other people be in control. Yeah. It's, it's, I like to kind of be an observer. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, you know, that's kind of fun. It just, it really, it depends on the setting. I don't mind. I do not mind taking the power. I don't, mm -hmm. but I also read the room because I don't want to take it away from somebody that wants it more because yeah. I really, I'm indifferent, but if it needs, if the bus needs a driver, I will drive. Yeah. Well, that's good. I would say thinking in particular of like group projects, I almost always take the power and I too am a type A. So I completely own that. I can be a control freak sometimes. I like to have things a certain way, uh -huh. especially in like a group project setting because if my grade is on the line, then that means a lot to me, especially um, if it's a difficult class. So if it's a group project um, with people who I don't know or who I don't know their work ethic level, I'm gonna take the power so that I can make sure things go the way they're supposed to go that the people who deserve a good grade get a good grade, that the people 
do what they're supposed to because to me that's how it's supposed to go um right. i don't necessarily like to do it i this past semester in particular um i tried to sit back and let other people take the wheel in this situation yes. and right. it was the most uncomfortable thing to do because they did not know kind of like with the dads and the boy scout group they just oh. did not know what to do and so i finally just had to like take the wheel back and i'm like okay i'm i'm gonna do this since no one else seems to be able to understand just the simple things necessary to get to right. what we need to be doing also i do like in a social setting like at a party or something not that i get invited to parties um i do like to kind of sit back and be the observer yeah. it, al it almost reminds me of reality tv just like watching things like unfold in front of you and like you don't need to step in and you don't need to be involved, but you can just watch and see how everything goes. It can be its own source of entertainment. I mean, I don't intentionally look for the power. Like it's not something that I, I directly go to, but like you said, it will, it is something that I will take if necessary. Um, right. If people need a direction to go in, I'll try and give them the direction. And you kind of already answered this, um, but do you fear or embrace power and why? Um, I'm learning to, I'm developing a relationship with power. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I don't know. It depends, like, you know, it depends on the situation. I have never, um, I've never been in a situation where I've been like, you know, uh, fearful of being overpowered, like physically or mentally so I can't speak to that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I need the noodle on that a little bit. That's what okay. about you? I would say I embrace it more so because if I embrace it, then I have it. If I resist it, then I don't. And I don't want to be in a situation where I am completely powerless because to me, that's a very scary position to be in. So if I have the opportunity, so like if, I'm more towards embracing it. I guess I would say I'm less likely to be powerless in situations. Um, I'm more likely to have a say in something or to be able to have a piece of control, um, even if it's over the smallest of things. Whereas if I fear it, then people could be telling me what to do, <laughs> which as a type A is not always the funnest thing to do. So I would say I probably embrace it more than I fear it. Yeah, but okay. like in a social setting, like at a party, again, not that I get invited to a lot. If I were like presented with the situation, I wouldn't want to take the power because I don't necessarily want all the attention on me. I don't want the right. spotlight on me all the time. It's nice to just stand back and let someone else take the control. I don't need to have it. So sometimes it's nice to just push the plate back and not go for more, I guess. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. All right. Yeah. Well, those are all the questions I have. Is there anything we did not cover in regard to power that you would like to mention before we break? Oh, I'm sure there's a lot of things, but I can't think of anything right this second. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you for a wonderful discussion. Uh, please stay tuned. We will return with ads. This ad is brought to listeners like you. Not that this is PBS, because it's not. However, we would like to thank you for your listenership over the episodes and for sticking tuned to Geyser's Guidelines. Welcome back. Uh, we have a very, very fun game to play today. Uh, we are going to be doing Mad Lib Dating Profile. So the way this works is Susan and I each have... Uh, a script, I guess you could say, of a typical dating profile with a lot of words missing. Uh, we will take turns. Uh, well, we each only have one, so we will take a turn uh, and alternate with doing a Mad Lib. Um, so Susan will ask me for Mad Libs, and then she will share the profile that I helped create, and then uh, I will do the same with her. So we both have one, and we'll both share it at the end. Uh, and so I'm really excited to see where this goes. Uh, and Susan, you said you would like to go first. So 
you can go ahead and uh, start asking me for words, if you will. Okay. Um, my first question is, mm -hmm. uh, what phrase would you use in getting someone's attention? Hey, you. Okay. And give me the name, uh, just a first name of a male celebrity. Brad. Of course. Okay, a heavy object, please. Dumbbell. <laughs> Brad Pitt played Dr. Fauci on SNL. And even though I haven't watched it, I feel like it would be funny, so. It was, it was fabulous. I'll, um, I'll have to check it out then. All right, give me a fictionary um, number. Twelvity seven. Twelvity seven. Okay. And um, give me a verb ending in ing. Dropping. Dropping. Um, okay. Give me um, another celebrity. Uh, any so male or female? Just a celebrity. Okay. All right. Um, Jennifer Lawrence. Okay. Um, give me a year. 1879. Jesus. Okay. Um, and an activity? Mowing the grass. Okay. Um, give me a place. Waffle House. Okay. And a span of time? 82 milliseconds. 82 milliseconds. Okay. And give me another activity? Fist bumping. Fist bumping. Okay, give me another activity. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, dishwashing. Dishwashing. Give me a verb ending in ing. Plopping. And a hobby. Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, see, I think that should be your next podcast. I think you need to do a D&D &D <laughs> podcast. I probably should, I probably should. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Okay, give me an adjective. Uh, fuzzy. And an object? Glass orb. And another adjective? Rotten. Personality trait? Loud. Loud? I think that can be a trait, yeah. Yes, okay, no, I just <laughs> couldn't tell if you said wowed or loud. <laughs> loud, <laughs> sorry. Um, how about another activity? Playing guitar. And a physical state? Relaxed. Okay. And finally, a sad adjective. Um, dreary. Okay. All right. All right, so I encourage you to take on whatever persona you feel this person has. Uh, and whenever you're ready, take it away. All right. Um... <laughs> Okay. Um, I just have so many thoughts. <laughs> Hold on. I have to get in character. Okay. Okay. Hey, you! My name is Brad Dumbbell. This is my 1287th time on this website. I'm actually kind of famous. You might remember me from dropping at the Oscars with J-Law in 1879. I studied mowing the grass at the University of the Waffle House for 82 milliseconds. <laughs> and I was the president of fist bumping, of the fist bumping society during my entire college career. In my spare time, I enjoy dishwashing and plopping and Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm really looking for somebody fuzzy who can handle my glass orb <laughs> obsession. Sorry, my glass orb obsession and overlook my rotten, loud, um, overlook my rotten and loud personality trait. I want someone who will play guitar with me in a relaxed state, no matter how dreary I get. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. Yes, much applause. I love Brad Dumbbell. I wanna to get to know this guy, even though he seems like a total like 
frat head in college. Um, but he can mow the grass and he likes to do dishes. I'm in. He sounds great. I mean, he yeah. only studied mowing the grass for 82 milliseconds, but how well, long does it take? Right? How long does and, it take? I mean, in this current pandemic, we're all a little fuzzy. So, I mean. It's, you know, it's very attractive. Very attractive. <laughs> um, turns me on. Okay. That's hilarious. <laughs> okay. All right. Are you ready? No, but yes. <laughs> okay. Adjective. An adjective. Oh, yes, um, salty. Salty. Okay. Uh, a fruit or vegetable? Kiwi. A fast food item. Oh, curly fries. All right. Another adjective. Bumpy. Did you say bumpy? I said bumpy, yeah. Okay. Uh, another adjective, please. Messy. All right. And a verb. Smelly. All right. Oh, no, a verb. A verb. No, or, no, no, no. I just use smell. Okay, there you go. Um, verb ending in ing. Falling. Okay. Uh, a flavor of food. Mexican? A famous person. Julie Andrews. All right. Uh, another famous person. Randy Rainbow. <laughs> Who's Randy Rainbow? <gasps> oh my God, dude. You and I, we're going to have a YouTube session after this. <laughs> okay. I look forward to it. He is absolutely the most magnificent human right now. <laughs> um, verb ending in ED. A verb ending in ed. What would that be? Jumped. Sorry. All right. That's that, took, okay. that took way longer. Than no, you're totally fine. Uh, another adjective. Um, how about ridiculous? Okay, good. And a number. Twenty-one. A restaurant. Restaurant. Um, Chewies. A politician. Seriously. <laughs> yes, a politician's name. Male or female. Uh, either or. Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> All right. Okie doke. A family member, like a kind of family member. A kind of family member? Yeah. So like brother, sister, uncle, aunt. Cousin. Okay. Male or female? Male. For the, okay. For the, okay. A body part. Ankle. <laughs> a type of business. A massage parlor. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> uh, a number. Three. And a verb. Verb. Sleep. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Um, I think, okay. This is definitely a woman because of the name. Okay. Um, okay. All right. Okay. Starting now. I'm salty and ready to mingle. Hi, my name is Kiwi Curly Fries, and I'm looking for that bumpy someone. I need someone messy who can smell all of my desires, which includes falling, taking care of my dog Mexican, and watching Julie Andrews movies. Oh. Terrified of Randy Rainbow because I once met Randy Rainbow and I nearly jumped myself. I'm a very ridiculous person and even though I'm only 21 years old, I have many plans for my life, like finally going to Chewy's, meeting Nancy Pelosi, and finally tracking down my real cousin after he disappeared from the hospital after breaking his ankle. I want to open my own massage parlor before I'm three years old. I can't <laughs> wait to sleep you. Oh, no. That was beautiful work on your part. I love Kiwi Curly Fries. I think she's a very unique individual. Oh my God, Randy Rainbow would love her. <laughs> I'm very intrigued as to who this guy is now. Um, definitely gonna need to look him up, but we are now at the end of the episode. Susan, thank you so much for making a wonderful time. I will give you a five-second PSA of anything you would like to mention. Uh, my five-second PSA, I would just like to give a shout-out to all of those teachers that um, just rose to the occasion during this pandemic. I know that you all have had many, many sleepless nights. You miss your students. You miss your communities. And I think that you are doing a fantastic job. 
Wonderful shout out. Very, very beautiful. All right. We are now at the end of the series finale episode. Closing announcements. And before actually closing announcements, I'd like to take a second to talk about my upcoming project. So for those of you who may have listened to one of the roasts and toasts I have done in season two, after Geyser's Guidelines is over, it's going to be a couple of weeks from now, but I'm starting a roast and toast podcast of bad movies with my good friends, John Shoup and Ryan Steinauer, where we will roast and do some toasting, but mostly roasting, of awful movies all the way from now until the 80s. So if you have bad movie suggestions, let me know. You can send them to the Roast and Toast podcast at gmail.com. We would love to have some insight. And be sure when the podcast comes out to watch the movies before listening to the podcast so that you know exactly what we're talking about and send us your thoughts on the movies as well. And stay tuned. That will be coming out at the end of May. So people be on the lookout. But now time for closing announcements. Thank you for tuning in to this final episode of Geyser's Guidelines. And it's kind of late, but if you want to, be sure to subscribe so that you never miss this episode coming out because uh, there aren't other ones after this. Um, <laughs> please give a rating and review on iTunes. Also still, you know, a little late for that, but if you want to, that's great. Um, and if you have suggestions for the show, show's over. Again, I probably should have come through these announcements before reading them. Uh, okay, here we go. Follow me on Instagram at savage underscore sasquatch78 and follow Susan at Silly Susan Silva. And believe me, this is worth a follow. She posts awesome art all the time. It is so worth it. It is so great to have creative influence in your life, especially waking up in the morning and seeing it. It's just great. She posts awesome quality content. So please check her out. All content on the show is created by yours truly, Jordan Geisler. And a very extra special thank you to Susan Silva for being on the show. Thanks again for listening. Thank you for being a part of this project, everyone. And stay good, everybody.